you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. It's a brand new week. Another edition of Tape Heads. Bob and Scott Pioli, Dan Orlovsky. This is where we crawl behind the X's and O's. These guys break the tape down and give you insight into NFL games, players, strategy, personnel decisions that you will not get anywhere else. Trust me when I tell you that. Of course, Dan Orlovsky, you know him. ESPN breaks the film down better than anybody on television. And Scott Pioli, longtime general manager, he gives us not only the film breakdown, but the personnel bent as well. And I'm Bob Wischusen. Got to see a Jet win this week. We will talk about that. Do we have to? I guarantee we're going to get into that. We absolutely do. Because uh, it's been a while since I had a chance to talk about a Jet win. So I'm going to embrace that. But guys, the number one game this week, it was Bill versus Tom. It was the reunion. It was the buildup, all of the emotion. And we can talk about how we think that affected the Bucks, the Patriots. But I think the most fascinating part of this was everyone expecting Tom to go in there and throw a bucket load of touchdowns against a defensive mind that knows him better than any other. So let's talk about the X's and O's. Why was Bill Belichick, why was that defense able to keep Tom Brady in check and keep that game within reach? Because I think that is the element of this that not many people are talking about, but I found most fascinating. That game plan felt like it was 20 years in the making. You know, I mean, and Coach Belichick talked about it after the game. I've seen this guy every day in practice. And, and so the wealth of knowledge of the things that he likes and doesn't like, the things that he's comfortable seeing and not seeing. I was, the, the thing that I was somewhat surprised by was how much, hey, we're going to just play man coverage that, that New England went about. Now, there was multiple different kinds of man coverage. I was also surprised at how many different personnel groupings they threw out there. Sometimes there was five defensive backs on the field. Sometimes there were six defensive backs on the field. Sometimes there were seven defensive backs on the field. So you imagine being the quarterback and breaking the huddle and going, all right, where's, where's the nickel? Oh, there's the nickel. Wait, why is, well, there's another defensive, there's another defensive back. So, you know, you're forcing the quarterback to constantly think all these defensive backs, where's the matchup specifically in man coverage? And then the, the variance of that. And then 
And this is something that I always try to get fans to understand. And Scott, you know this, the different kinds of man. Sometimes the leverage is outside. Sometimes the leverage is inside. Sometimes they're going to in and out a guy and play man coverage. Sometimes it's going to be two. So, you know, just the different kinds of man. That is that cat and mouse game that we hear about all the time. And, and that was the most impressive thing to me that New England did defensively. I also think Coach Belichick went into the mindset he was going to sacrifice yards for points. And he was going to allow them to have some run 20 to 20. And then in the red zone, Tom Brady was one for seven in the red zone. If you had told New England, hey, you know, at, at the end of the game, he's going to be one of seven in the red zone, you would have said, we're going to win the football game, right? And obviously they had the chance to at the end. So just a brilliant mastermind uh, defensive plan by Coach Belichick and then his players executing it. Dan, you know, that's you mentioned a couple of things that were nuggets in there, but the sacrifice of yards for points is something that Bill has. It's always been a foundation of his. He doesn't care where his defense ranks in terms of yards. It's all about points. So allowing a team to get to a certain range and maybe only get away with three or zero is what it comes down to. And, you know, you talk about the different variants and and the different ways that he used things and the comment that he made after the game. And he was speaking the truth. He had spent 20 years with Tommy and he understood what his strengths and what his limitations were. And I remember how well Bill focused on that. I, I go back to when we were at the New York Jets together And we focused on the team to beat at the time was the New England Patriots. They had come off the Super Bowl in the 96 season. And he knew the strengths and weaknesses of Drew Bledsoe so well. And it was interesting listening to him, Al Grove, Romeo Cornell, and Bill Parcells talking about how they were going to approach the quarterback, not just because because they spent every day with yeah. the guy in practice. And they knew, again, I, I said they knew his kryptonite, but they at least knew how to make him uncomfortable. Sure. And the other thing I think that played into the game plan, which was interesting to me, um, didn't necessarily have to do with X's and O's. It was how the Buccaneers approached the game. And now, uh, you know, I spent nine years with Brady and then a lot of years watching him. He was as accurate a thrower as anybody I've ever been around in terms of throwing in the elements. And it rained. I was there, uh, you know, for the game and it rained the entirety of mm-hmm. the game. And sometimes it was light, sometimes it was stronger. And mm-hmm. Tom was off at the very beginning of the game. And it was the kind of off that Tommy's had in the past when he was in big games. He started out, he, you, you see him, he's so emotional, he gets so amped up, even though he's compartmentalizing thoughts and feelings. He has this tendency where he's, you know, he's jacked. Sure. And the ball was sailing, Dan and and Bob. I'm sure you you guys saw those first few passes were sailing and it had nothing to do with the elements. I think it was how he was feeling. And they were trying to push the ball down the field further than it needed to be. And then what I thought the Buccaneers did a great job of whether it was, you know, uh, whether it was their coaches or whether it was Tommy, someone decided, okay, Short and sideways, mm-hmm. intermediate, underneath, check downs, all of the old stuff he used to do until he got himself under control. And that's where they started to pick things up. And I think Bill noticed that going on. Yes. And yes. Um, so anyway, it was it, it was great to I love watching people that know themselves, yeah. right? Bill knows himself. He knows his team. He knew how to game plan. He also knew the quarterback. The quarterback knew Bill, and he knew the defense, and he knew Gerard Bayo and Steve Belichick, the coordinators. It, it was fascinating to watch really smart, talented people in all their jobs adjusting to things in the middle of a game. But guys, if you know, if you're old, fat, and bald enough like me, you remember the 90s Super Bowl. 
Right, the 90 Super Bowl, the Andre Reid, Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly Bills. All anybody remembers is wide right Scott Norwood. <laughs> the only reason that game got to a game-losing field goal attempt was because they played the same way against that offense, knowing we have to sacrifice yards, we have to keep the sure. game in front of us, we have to shorten the game. That's the only... I will let Thurman Thomas catch 50 balls for 500 yards if it means it's in front of us and we shorten the game, we keep him in bounds, yeah. and, because that's the only way we're winning. Like If we go out there and try and match scores with these guys, the only way we are winning this game is if this game is in the 20s. And that was the Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick game plan against the Bills... In 1990, <laughs> and it still worked. Sunday night, just about, they just about got the job done against Tom Brady with the same and kind I of tell game. You, I thought, and I said this in the middle of the game, or early in the game, I was watching the special teams, and I said to myself, there were a couple of things that happened. And I thought, if the Patriots win this game, it's going to be because of special teams. There's going to be a big play. And the one big play Slater, that they made was sure. when Matthew Slater caused the turnover in the second half. It looked like it was going to turn the tide of the game, but then there was the penalty. But there were so many other plays in the game that special teams, it was so close. You know, there early on, that first field goal, the Patriots almost blocked mm-hmm. Ryan Suckup's kick. And then the second one, they came off the same edge, applied pressure, Suckup pushed it right. And then in the third one, they almost got the third one. And I was like, something big is going to happen here. Then the Patriots, you know, early in the game, there was that, that I'll call it a brain fart by the returner, Oshevsky, who, you know, where the ball went out of bounds. But luckily it, it hit the pylon and they got a break where the ball would have been on the six-inch line. I thought something was going to happen in special teams. And it did come down to a special teams play yeah, on you know, field for, goal that was for me Because I, 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 I think it's worthy of praising Coach Belichick's game plan. But also, when I said this this week on television, it wasn't good enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, the Tom Brady performance, that wasn't the incredible performance. It was incredible win because it was he figured out a way to do what Tom Brady has for 20 years. Find a way to do enough to win the football game. And the two plays that have stood out in my mind to me, really three situations, but two plays. One, the two-minute drive before the half. Shows off to be huge because they go down and get that field goal. Of course they do. Of course Tom finds a way to go get three points there. The scramble to Godwin on the right sideline and then the inside slot fade to get him in the field goal range. Then with about 11 minutes to go on somewhat of that game-winning drive, third and six, Tom Brady runs for the first down. He scrambles against man coverage for the first down. Of course Tom Brady does. And then the third and six to Antonio Brown, where they get him on the outside of the bunch, and he stems down, and he gets behind Godwin as he pushes vertical and man coverage and breaks away. That's the actual play that gets them into field goal range. If they don't get that, it's going to be fourth and six from the 40-yard line with about seven minutes to go in the game. And then it's decision-making time, or three minutes to go in the game, excuse me. Then it's decision-making time, and they're probably punting the ball with their timeouts. And for, like, I just envisioned, I envisioned Wes Welker, Julian Edelman coming down and, and, and stemming <laughs> down inside and pushing, running away from man, and, and it happened to be Antonio Brown because Tom knew against that defensive plan, if I don't give the ball away, if I don't turn the football over, I'm going to have a chance in the fourth quarter to make a throw or two to get us in position to win the game. And that's something for me that I've always marveled at about Tom, and he did it again. Yeah, there was, I'll I'll tell you, you you talk about that drive and his two-minute drive, you know, at, at the end of the half. But to me, one of the most 
overlooked drives in that football game was the drive that the Pats had to end the third quarter and start the fourth quarter. And here's what I'll say. If you're a Patriots fan or if you're no, if you're a football fan to watch Mac Jones run that offense the way that he did in such a timely fashion and do the things yep. that he did it was masterful it, it was just good football so the, 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 there were so many good things to watch in this game guys there really were well i want to talk about mac jones i want to talk about how you guys need to pump the brakes it's, it's coming on bobby mac jones. it's coming and maybe we could talk a little zach wilson <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, we've got Justin Fields to talk about. We've got Trevor Lawrence to talk about. We've got Zach Wilson to talk about. And obviously Mac Jones. I want to dive into Mac Jones' performance on Sunday night, but weave it together with now what we're seeing out of these rookie quarterbacks. And maybe, you know, just the the world of hot takes that we live in. It is ridiculous to talk about these guys in a four-game sample size. That is coming up next. I want the Scott Pioli, Dan Orlovsky, X's and O's, you know, creeping behind the football, creeping behind the scenes and their take on these rookie quarterbacks. That is coming up after we take a quick timeout on tape ends. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Here on Tape Heads, Bob Wachusen with Scott Pioli and Dan Orlovsky. All right, guys, let's get to Mac Jones and his performance on Sunday night. But if you're a Bears fan, a Jags fan, a Jets fan, we're going to talk about the other three rookies as well and where they are all at the first month or so into their NFL careers. Mac Jones, you talked about it, Scott, to end the last segment that he 
showed things on Sunday night where if you are a Patriots fan, you feel like your franchise is in very good hands. What did you see specifically that leads you to believe this is the right guy well, for that team? First thing, again, I was very careful with my words. I said, the, be encouraged. I'm not an overreactor, and, and I'm glad you were talking about tapping the brakes. I'm all about tapping the brakes because, you know, we, we've got a four-game sample right now. And what you need is consistency. So we've seen some things that are encouraging, some th- things are that are discouraging. In the case of Mac Jones, what I see o- over four games is the first two games, again, a lot of short, a lot of sideways, a lot of underneath, a lot of checkdowns. Game three, they didn't have as much of that. The thing that I've seen, particularly in this Bucks game, was he was hit and hit often and hit hard. Early in the game, they tried to push the ball down the field a little bit. Once he got back to, uh, you know, not only he got back to, but Josh McDaniels got back to going short, sideways, underneath, using the check down. That's when he became so much more efficient. I think at one point in time, I heard someone say, and again, forgive me for not having this number, but I think it was 19 completions in a row. Yes. And it was... It was surprising. Wow, that was 19 in a row. But when you look at the completions, it was not just what he was doing. And again, this is where you have to tap the brakes. This is where coaching becomes so important in the developmental process. What are they asking a young kid to do? How are they, you know, and again, I'm probably sounding redundant because I think the last two weeks I've talked about short sideways underneath, high percentage throws, you know, the extended running game, this whole idea of a young quarterback getting a feel for the pocket, but a high percentage throws, putting a, the ball in the hands of someone that is talented in their role, right? Just do your job. Your job is to get the ball in your hands and go. And they're allowing the quarterback to set other players up for success, which sets them up for success. I'm an overreactor. Um, <clears throat> I, I think what we saw out of Mac Jones Sunday night was when he's at his best, which he was on Sunday night, he's John Stockton. You know, he is very much so a point guard. And it's the constant, let's put this guy's in this pick and roll situation or whatnot, and he's going to make the decision with the football. And quarterbacking will always come down to, can you think and can you throw? It'll always come down to that. And Mac Jones is showing us, and I would argue on a relatively consistent basis, he can think and he can throw. He can think at a really high level. Okay, that uh, this is my play call, right? And I always say, This is what quarterbacks go through when they get into the huddle. And this is what Mac Jones is doing the best and he did the best. Okay, coach calls the play. Great. This is my play. This is the opportunity for my play. I got, I got slant flat on the right. I got stick to the left and, and uh, I got to go route all the way outside, get to the line of scrimmage. Okay. It looks like I'm going to get too high safety. That means I should work my stick outside into the check down. Wait, if they rotate with the backside safety, I can go slant to flat. If I got press on the outside, I could take a shot. If he went, you know, that's that thought process that Mac Jones, and I've, I've said this, he cancels things out before the snap really well. So instead of having five of those thoughts, Right when the ball gets snapped, he's having two of them, you know, and and I think you're starting to see that in Mm. New England. And that's why, remember, coming coming out of college, I would phrase it as he's not fast physically, but he's fast mentally. And that's why you're seeing him play so fast, so to speak. And then the ball placement is there. And that's why he can play under duress so well is because he knows. All right. All right, that linebacker on the left in our protection, I don't, no one's responsible for him. He's mine. So if that guy's coming, he's got to leave. No one's going to be there. And if that shallow cross crosses that middle linebacker's face, that's where the, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why he's playing at such a high 
high level, and we saw it Sunday night, and it's only going to get better. And Dan, just to talk about the quarterback position, and you know this far better than I, but as an evaluator, one of the things you look, you talk about under duress, it's making good decisions that are quick decisions, that are the right decisions under duress. Because there's a lot of people that can sit back, X's and O's, watch the film, but they ain't getting hit in the mouth. And there is a physical reaction that comes to the action of getting hit in the mouth that only quarterbacks know. And to be able to make a split-second decision that is the right decision. And again, I'm not – this is like getting punched in the mouth. Yes. And to be able to do that and know that that's in your memory bank and it's going to happen and to still be able to do it, that's where the difference makers are. Yeah, but I want to compare. I want to compare him to the mm-hmm. other three rookies because I think it's real. I heard somebody say, and I forget who it was the other day, that if they were going to go back and redraft this class, you'd take Mac Jones first based on how he's played so far. And Scott, as a personnel guy, like I get he's playing in the best possible situation and he's doing what they are asking him to do, but there's no way you could watch Trevor Lawrence make some of the throws he made, even in a loss on Thursday night. There's no way you could watch Justin Fields play the way he did and Dan, a whole different conversation with a new player play caller and let me tell you something I watched it firsthand there is no way you could watch Zach Wilson do what he did in moments on Sunday afternoon and say Mac Jones could do any of that now Tom Brady can't do what Patrick Mahomes can do I get it right like there's different ways to play quarterback and Tom Brady might win nine Super Bowls before he's done playing quarterback the way he plays quarterback it's not going to be the way that Patrick Mahomes or Kyler Murray plays quarterback but if you want to redraft this class you're telling me you're going to watch what the other three guys did and you're going to take Mac Jones first he can't do what those other three guys can do physically he can't and and I'm not sure who said that but here's what I think you have to step back before you even look at the players is and and as a former general manager and player person the guy that picked the players you pick the players for your coach for your franchise your coach and your coaching staff you have to understand when you are selecting players you are a servant Mm, and you are bringing players to your organization this is a personal philosophy of mine regardless of what the structure or hierarchy is even if the general manager is quote unquote above the head coach as soon as the head coach is hired you step out of the way and you bring that coach players that meet what they want to do philosophically and personality-wise, because if you don't bring the right people and players to the right coach, it's going to be a marriage that takes too long or may not work out in the end. Now, for certain organizations, I think for the Patriots organization, they've got the right player because of how they want to do things and how their franchise is culturally. And people can roll their eyes, but you know, I, I, I've lived it up there. And I'm not but saying Scott, the other three guys finish? were off the board. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, but so, absolutely. I'm just wondering, do you think those guys would draft Mac Jones over the other three because it's a fit? You're trying to do both because you have to have talent. But if you got and I'm not saying that they should take, you know, what I'm saying is you have to draft the best talent that also fits your team makeup wise. It also fits your team Again, that's why I go back to the Brady thing. That was the perfect thing. It it, it served both sides well. People want to pick right. one, not the other. And and that is not being that is not delegitimizing, if that's such a word, Fields, Lawrence, or Zach Wilson. Because here's what happens sometimes in, in watching these those other three quarterbacks. 
you can't even compare the tools, the physical tools. Those guys are very different and better than Mac Jones from a physical mm-hmm. stu- tools standpoint. But how do you want to run your franchise? How do you want to run your offense? The other thing that happens is sometimes when you get tools players, and this is what I'm on, what I'm seeing a little bit with Fields, Lawrence, and Wilson. It, the, people want to go right to the place. Well, there's not enough talent around them. Yes, that's one of the problems. But when you bring in a player that has such good tools, just because Zach Wilson can make that throw that he made, you know, um, in his pro day, doesn't mean that you want to put him in the position to have to try <laughs> to make those throws and do those things. Just because guys have skills point. doesn't – and I think people get so enamored and so seduced by the tools of a player, they say, look what this guy can do. Get him out there and let him do it. But you're not building sound fundamentals all the time when you're doing that, and you don't necessarily, again, build so much for the future. There's four minutes of absolute gold right there uh, from Scott Pioli, man. I, I, just quickly, two things that I take away from hearing that four minutes from you. One, it sounds like you and you guys in New England, but you certainly start with the end result and work backwards sometimes, you know, to go through that player evaluation. I think, two, you realize how hard it is to get it right, so to speak. And, and then three, the understanding that um, you know, the the quarterback position or Mac Jones in comparison to those other guys, it's all about not necessarily what they can do, but what they can become. Not what they can do it as they're leaving their senior year of college, but what they can become. And I, I always say this, don't talk to me when we're looking at these young players of, well, who's most pro ready? I'm not drafting you for the this season. I'm drafting you for the hopes for 10 years from now, you know, what, what you can become. And I think when you said, when you're selecting players, you're a servant, that's the coolest way I've ever heard it described. And I think, I think all these teams, candidly, I think all these teams, and I'm going to leave Trey Lance out of it right now because we haven't seen enough out of him. But I think those the, the four teams that have played their right. guy, yep, that's fair. you've got to sit there and go, there's some stuff that we like. You know, there's some stuff that you feel encouraged about. There, you know, when you watch Trevor Lawrence play on Thursday night football against the Bengals, you're watching the athleticism start to get used. You're watching the aggression downfield when he's creating plays. When you're watching Zach Wilson and the thick skin that Zach Wilson is displaying and the, okay, the rough month and a lot of the chatter in New York, I'm not going to let it shy me away from trying to be a playmaker. I'm not going to let that shy me. When I fumble the snap, I'm not going to panic. I'm going to have poise and know where my receiver is supposed to be on that crossing router. You know, when I get outside the pocket, I am going to have the courage to put the ball down to a spot where only Corey Davis can get. So you're encouraged by that stuff. When Justin Fields has that atrocious result-driven game against the Browns and comes back and lights up the, the Lions, you're encouraged by that stuff. And I think all those teams and organizations playing these young guys got to feel, that's what you want is to see just baby steps of progress week to week. Yeah, Dan, I think I'm hoping that people like this podcast because of what Scott said, right? Like that kind of insight, because that is such an interesting look at how those of us that just look at the skill set of these guys coming out of college and why organizations don't necessarily just look at the skill set. They look at the particular skills, the particular qualities of a player and how that weaves into their organizational philosophy, how they run their offense, how the coach wants to put his team together. 
It's just fascinating. And when we come back, another guy that fits that mold, obviously, for a certain organization, and it was on display on Monday Night Football, I want to talk Justin Herbert. I want to talk that performance and the quarterback he's become only 19 games into his career. Did we see this coming? We're going to talk Raiders-Chargers when we come back on Tape Heads. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Back here on Tape Heads, Bob Wischusen with Dan Orlovsky and Scott Pioli. All right, guys, Monday Night Football. It looked like it might be a blowout. It turned into a very exciting game. It was a lot of fun to watch, but I think the most fascinating part of this game since we've been on the quarterbacks, and Dan, you did multiple breakdowns of Justin Herbert. You know, Justin Herbert coming out of Oregon, coming out of that system, coming out of that program, I don't know that any of us expected that he would become the quarterback that he's become this quickly, manipulating defenses so effectively with his eyes only 19 games into his pro career. How surprised are both of you guys by how quickly Justin Herbert has become that kind of quarterback and why has he become that kind of quarterback so fast? I'm surprised because I called his college game. And I remember with you, I believe, and we called his college game on the road against Arizona, which was a bad defense. And I remember being in the game and thinking to myself, this guy is going to be the top five, top 10 quarterback pick. He was just so average. And there was moments in the game when I wanted to go, Justin, take over. And he never did. And so going into the draft, I was just, my biggest thing with Justin was he's got such physical talent. Someone's got to unleash it. Someone has got to take kind of the handcuffs off and just unleash this aggressive mindset because the physical talent was there. He's obviously highly intelligent, but then the intelligent goes, the intelligence goes from the board in the meeting room, goes onto the practice field, and then it gets into the environment of a game. 
And I always try to remind everybody that we talked about a little bit with Mac Jones. These quarterbacks are making these decisions and 50 to 100 a play in three or four seconds. You know, it's that is what the processing looks like. And Justin does it, you know, the physical talent is matched by the mental talent, so to speak. And you mentioned it, Bob, and I did those those live kind of breakdowns. I'm not shocked to see him play so well when you look at the like the guy who's six foot five, 240 pounds, and he's got this. You know, he reminds me a little bit of Carson Palmer. The release is so perfect. If you had to teach your kids how to throw a football, it would look like that. You know, the efficiency of the release and the motion, the the how he gets on top of the football. So you're not shocked by watching that. What I'm shocked by is how quickly he's learned how to play quarterback. He was a thrower when he came into the NFL, right? He was just this thrower. Now he's playing quarterback. And, oh, you're, you're, you're in triangle coverage to the left. Great. I just want to stare to the left a little bit to make sure that safety in the red zone goes that way. And as I do that, I want to make sure that my feet are aligned to actually come back to Parham who's going to be running the, the crosser to the back of the end zone. And it's just so fast. Those two tenths of a second matter. Hmm. Or I got Cook on the seam, and I'm going to take my helmet and look to the left so that free safety who's playing cover three in the middle of the end zone thinks I'm looking to my left, and I'm going to make my eyes look to the right so I can see when Cook is ready for the football. I mean, that is remarkable, remarkable stuff. And so just how hard is that to see? I mean, Scott, as, a, as an evaluator, how hard is it to see that that guy is going to become that, or are they just lucky that he has become that this fast? From a personnel standpoint, I mean, that, that's got to be a tough thing uh, to forecast. I absolutely forecast. love this conversation because, Dan, everything that you said you saw is accurate. And here's the thing. Here's one of the things, because I remember Herbert coming out very well. I remember this whole thing, and I was up there that mm-hmm. fall because the word on him was, here's this guy with all this physical talent, all this ability. But the other, you know, what the, the big thing that people were saying, well, you know, I just don't know if he can lead. That was the big thing. People yeah. that didn't know, didn't spend enough time with him, didn't spend enough time with Mario Cristobal, the head coach, and talking with him, didn't know what kind of leader this kid would be. Now, here's the other thing is, Bob, great question because- we can't always see, right? None of us can predict this stuff. But one of the great predictors sometimes is if you can see that a player has tremendous self-awareness. And let's go back to his college career. He could have come out for the 2019 draft, right? He was considered to be a high pick. He felt he wasn't ready. He came back for the 2019 season. Bob, this is a long-winded way of saying people with self-awareness generally have the great chance of developing. This guy knew that he wasn't ready. He needed new more work in college. Then he comes into the NFL and he knows he still needs new more work. And he ended up in a place where they've done a great job uh, of developing a, a player with supreme talent, skills, tools, and a mentality, work ethic, and work habits. So we've watched this kid grow and continue to get better. You know, they were signs his first year. People fell in love with, but as we were talking before about these uh, this year's rookie quarterbacks, let's tap the brakes because people with great talent are going to have great games, but what can they stack up together? What kind of consistency? And I guess now looking at this retrospectively, his maturity level to decide to not yes. come out and know that he needed work, that he needed more and not smelling himself a whole lot and thinking, I'm going to go out there and get that. To me, <laughs> this has been a fascinating example 
of someone knowing who they are and allowing themselves to develop, coupled with an organization that is doing a tremendous job of, of developing him. Scott, so uh, you saying the maturity and the knowing thyself is something hmm. that rings to me and it's, it plays itself on the field and it's hard for people to see, but watching Justin Herbert, not only uh, on Monday night football, but then the game two weeks ago against the chiefs. And I remember phrasing it as Justin Herbert plays with an ego, but not cockiness. And I think we saw that again last night. And it's, I remember sitting with Matthew Stafford and having conversations mm-hmm. like this, because Matthew was as physically talented as Justin. And I remember having the conversation and, and asking him, hey man, as we watch tape, like, why are you making this throw here, Matthew? There's, there's, this guy's wide open over here. And him just thinking and saying, well, I can. You know, hmm. and, I, and I know you can't. And I think Justin has that maturity level to not somewhat, I don't want to, to get caught up in that. You know, he's very willing to take some of the boring throws. He's very willing to take some of those easy flat routes or the hitched route to a Keenan Allen or a, a stick route or, so, you know, while the, the physical talent should say sometimes, man, just throw it deep every play or try to fit it into that three foot by three foot window because you can all the time. You know, the, the ability to, to have the maturity to know, ah, I don't need to right now. I, I, I could just throw this ball right here and we're going to get five and we're good. You know, I, I think that is something that I, I appreciate out of his game so much. And, and you know what, Bob, I love that question because I want to go back to, because when you find a player in terms of predicting, projecting, hoping for players, when you can find a player with supreme confidence coupled with the same amount of humility you got a yeah. chance because you talk yeah. about maturity, and if 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 and, and I know those things sound like contradictions, but you can be confident and humble, and mm-hmm. having that combination is generally what makes great pros. Well, real quick, guys, we only have a couple of minutes left. I want to get to Rams Cardinals as well. We got one undefeated team left in the NFL, and it's quarterbacked by a player that could not be built physically more differently <laughs> than Justin Herbert, but at the same time is every bit, if not more effective. I mean, Kyler Murray looks like he might be an MVP. On top of that, we were talking about Matthew Stafford maybe being the MVP three weeks into the season. Here's what Buda Baker had to say about his defense and whether or not they've solved the Rams. It's a new year, new team every single year. The Rams have had our numbers for, you know, a while now. We haven't beat them in however many games it was. But, you know, we knew new team, new year, new new Cardinals. We did what we were supposed to do today. And, uh, you know, kudos to the Rams. They're, they're a great team. They have great, tremendous players on each side of the ball. All right, so guys, I don't know what your biggest takeaways were. The play of Kyler Murray. The fact that the Rams offense looked a little bit more ordinary than they've looked against this Arizona defense. Have they figured it out? When you look back on that game, what were your biggest takeaways? I I thought Kyler Murray outplayed Matthew Stafford. um, And that's that's, uh, surprising to me. Uh, I'll touch on Matthew first. Uh, I thought the Rams got away from the run game way too early. You know, if you watch the Jaguars against the Cardinals the week before, the Jags ran it eight straight times one time in the second half and pounded the football, or two weeks ago, pounded the football at them for a touchdown. And I thought the Rams should have committed more to the run game. The second thing is Matthew, I still think, is adjusting to Deshaun Jackson's speed. You know, that that first interception, it's a touchdown. It's only the Matthew only throws the ball 50 yards. He could throw it farther, well farther. But I think he's got to just get to that point where I, I, I got to almost out, try to outthrow him, so to speak. Great play. I, I, I think the there was some uncharacteristics 
uncharacteristic misses from Matthew, specifically to Cooper Cup. It's not something that I'm concerned about. It just happened. I will say this about the Cardinals defense. I think they've got two things about them that are their identity. Their man blitz package is very good, and, and they're doing a good job of creating pressure out of it. When they play quarters coverage, they have such good positioning. You know, like that interception by Murphy is quarters. And so everyone knows at home, you know, the secondary, the two corners and the safeties, they're responsible for the, a quarter of the field vertically. You cut it in fours vertically. And the big thing that offenses try to do is get those safeties who are responsible for run fills, they're, they're responsible to go attack the run. And so it vacates their quarter. And so the cornerbacks have to do a really good job of playing high on top of receivers because teams try to throw these big posts over the top. Murphy does such a great job of playing high on Deshaun Jackson on that that he can close the gap as the ball travels in the air. Now, that being said, the Cardinals offense, I can phrase it simply as this. When Kyler Murray puts his foot in the ground as a quarterback right now in the pocket, he's as good as anybody. He's as good as anybody. Mm. His decisiveness of when that back foot hits and I plant it in the ground and the ball's got to come out is spectacular right now. And that is a huge jump from the player we saw last year. Yeah. And, and that's what they've got quote unquote solved right now. They have a quarterback playing at a rare level. And, you know, as we were talking about some of the other players, here's a player with such rare skills. He can do things that are not fundamentally sound that are not that, 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 other people just can't do. And that is fantastic. It's going to win them games. It's winning them games right now. The downside of that is you hope and pray that the shelf life for that is long. If you're a Cardinals fan, right? Or it, it because things like that can become dangerous because along with that, it's going to build a kind of confidence. We talked earlier in the season about some of the throws that that Patrick Mahomes was making that maybe he didn't need to make and now they were biting him. Some of that is going to start happening. They're going to have to find the right balance to let Kyler be Kyler, to be the great rare talent that he is, but also help him keep in the back of, of, of his mind that don't overdo it because along with, you, you know, to start the season, some of these throws and some of these things he's he's doing now went the other way. So they've just got to be careful about that. And to talk right. real quickly about the defense, Dan, they are finally showing up. They they are playing like a National Football League defense this season. I know we're only four games in, but the defense is helping the offense so much. They are a better team right now, mm-hmm. not just Cliff and Kyler's offense. They're the only undefeated team left, and they have been fascinating to watch so far. We're going to keep on talking about the Arizona Cardinals all season here on Tapeheads. That'll do it for this episode. We will be back on Thursday, though. We will drop another episode. We've hit the first turn of the NFL season. What are the biggest takeaways? What's worked and what hasn't worked? Scott Pioli and Dan Orlovsky will tell you about that. And the arrow pointing straight up for the Cowboys, but maybe straight down for the Steelers. We're going to talk about the biggest question that maybe any organization has to answer, and that's what's the future at quarterback for Pittsburgh. That's coming up when we come back and drop another episode on Thursday. Hope you'll join us then on Tapeheads. Tapeheads is a production of iHeartMedia and the NFL. You can download the Tapeheads podcast on the iHeart app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.